This is Recruiting Daily's Recruiting Live podcast, where we look at the strategies behind the world's best talent acquisition teams. We talk recruiting, sourcing, and talent acquisition. Each week, we take one overcomplicated topic and break it down so that your three-year-old can understand it. Make sense? Are you ready to take your game to the next level? You're at the right spot. You're now entering the mind of a hustler. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup. You are listening to Recruiting Daily's podcast. And uh, today we have both a wonderful topic and a wonderful guest. So I want to get to both the topic, but I'll, first I want to kind of get the guest uh, and, and get Brian to introduce himself. So Brian, would you do me a big favor and introduce yourself to the, uh, to the audience? Yeah, hey, my pleasure, William. Good afternoon, and, and great, to, great to catch up with you again. Um, I run a business, Apris Insights, a part of Apris. Apris is based in Kentucky. It's a data and analytics company that focuses on our mission of knowledge for good, using our data to help keep our communities and keep our workplaces safe, and preventing fraud and saving lives. Uh, I run about half the, the business uh, called Data Insights, and we've been working in the background screening market in support of our, our CRAs or background screening companies or partners uh, over the last three to four years. Well, first of all, that's a mouthful. So uh, I love the idea of, of taking data and looking at safety. It was years ago, I worked with a, an assessment company, uh-huh. and they, they had a safety assessment. And then when I first kind of I, I was perusing their their inventory, and I'm like a safety assessment. Like, what do you what do you mean? And it was a personality assessment company, and they're like, yeah, there's people that are hardwired that their personalities are either they're more safe or less safe, and if you can screen the less safe out, especially in a blue you know forklift drivers, let's say, sure. if you can screen those folks out, that actually will help you with your safety. And if you increase your safety, you increase, you know, you decrease your, your, your work, work comp claims, you, you know, all of these after effects after making just a simple decision. Um, what's, what's, before we get into the topic, what is, uh, what is some of the things that you've learned because you're standing on data and you're obviously seeing different things that are, you know, different insights were popping every day. What's something that you just didn't expect to see that you kind of like, huh? <laughs> yeah, no, you know, you know, one of them, and, and I'll say it kind of just because it's topical and in, in front of mind right now, is just the changes, and it may be somewhat obvious, but just the changes we're seeing in work patterns as it relates to, you know, who's hiring right now. While overall, unfortunately, you know, you've seen, I've seen the news about, uh, you know, 30 million plus people on unemployment just over the course of the last month, but there are actually sectors, um, some parts of retail, some parts of transportation uh, that frankly are just booming. Because from our lens, we work with about 450 background screening companies, and we can actually see those patterns, and we know what industries they support. And I guess I just didn't realize how, how much hiring is actually going on in some of those industries in this overall kind of downturn in the economy. Wow. I did, let's, and it gets to the topic because uh, we're going to be talking about the continuous monitoring for transportation. So tell us, tell us a little bit about that because Dallas – and again, I, I do this, this is a, a trivia question that I do with people. And I say, what's the number one industry for DFW? And I've already, I've already kind of told you. Uh, they pick all kinds of different things. I'm like, it's logistics. 
Uh, we have like four or five different airports. I-35 run through there, comes straight from Mexico. You know, it's one of those deals like there's a lot of logistics that happens, a lot of shipping companies, sure. a lot of all kinds of things that happens. And that's the number one industry in DFW, which if you didn't live here, and even if you did, <laughs> you wouldn't know that. Um, but let's, let's talk a little bit about uh, the continuous monitoring for transportation. Take us into that topic. Yeah, no, absolutely. And one thing, I, as we go into it, I just wanted to build on what you said, because I, when I first, when we started looking at continuous monitoring for transportation just a couple of years ago, I think the definition of how I thought about it and we thought about an industry was exactly what you said. It was about logistics. It was companies like FedEx or airlines or long haul truck drivers. But in today's economy, with the advent of, you know, we'll say the gig economy, and you have, organ especially right now in COVID, when you see the rampant things going on with Amazon and Amazon delivery drivers, companies like Ikea vertically integrating and buying companies like TaskRabbit, you know, Grubhub, Postmates, et cetera, transportation has much broader tentacles. And the people that not only do the long trawl, long haul truck driving, but then also the regional companies that are moving it from the warehouse, the local companies or individual contractors who are delivering it to your home and potentially coming into your house. And so just the overall transportation in air quotes sector has really boomed uh, as a part of that the last couple of years. And so with that boom, uh, there, what we're seeing on continuous monitoring is, hey, it's not just about when Brian Matthews gets hired as a truck driver and one and done, but hey, we all know everybody's risk profile changes. We may go through, uh, we may go through different in impacts in our life. COVID is certainly a stress driver. And so therefore, what we're seeing is an increase of people want to monitor their employees or monitor their drivers for changes in their risk profile. One aspect of that is criminal. Do you really want to um, have a truck driver that's working for you that just got arrested yesterday for assault and battery or a DUI getting in the truck today and driving for you? It may put your company, it may put your brand and your reputation at risk. Certainly, you're going to want to, you're going to want to uh, investigate that employee and support them, but it really is identifying those risk factors that allows um, an employer um, to, to make to make changes in how they deal with those situations. Well, f thank you for explaining that because I I, I still I think continuous uh, monitoring uh, I think is a, a little bit of a more of a foreign concept than it should be for uh, for HR and even for recruiters. So I think it's it's great that we're talking about it. One of the things I want to ask is on the front side when you see employers looking for employees and you see that all of the data coming back and forth on background screen. What are they looking for? Like, what do you see that they're looking for now when they're hiring sure. today? What are the characteristics or what just what are some of the trends that you see that, that folks are looking for in their employees that they're hiring today? Yeah, no, and, and it's expanded a bit, you know, going back to the, the, the comments before, especially in some of the sectors where there's much more in-person interaction. Think of somebody, an in-home healthcare worker. Think of kind of that, that, you know, person going in and putting together furniture in your house. You know, now more than ever, really understanding the types of risk or potentially criminal uh, behaviors of them. But beyond criminal, uh, you really, you're starting to see people look more at social media, mm -hmm. um, certainly at the, at the executive level and in certain uh, types of regulated industry. The reality is people look at social media in any way. You might look at LinkedIn, you might look at Facebook, and, and frankly, that could bias you. So there are companies that are stepping in the middle and providing filtering of social media behavior that may be against the company's policy. 
It could be drug use. It could be, um, uh, you know, having certain uh, biases towards individuals or groups of people that are counter to the culture and they may want to, or, or terrorism. And so they may look for information on social media around that. And then also things like medical sanctions, increasingly in healthcare and even beyond just healthcare, looking to ensure that the employee you're, uh, you're interviewing for and considering bring on board is someone that doesn't have any sanctions against them at a state or federal level that again can impact your reputation or prevent you from getting paid from Medicaid because it's counter to their policies. So the, the types of attributes, frankly, are increasing, you know, not going down, William. Right. It's it, when you when you have these discussions with uh, with folks, do you do you put it as the pros and cons? Are you are you just basically saying this is how this is how screening has evolved? It, it sure. used to be pre-screen, and then you're kind of you're done, and you don't have to think about it. And this is just a natural evolution. Like, what's the yeah. what's the prospect asking you about? Yeah, you know what? And, and on our we we look we come at it slightly differently. So we're on the wholesale side. So right. our job is we're really out educating the background screening companies or the CRAs who are actually the ones interfacing and guiding the enterprise, the HR direct client. So we're kind of one step removed. And so what we're doing is we're educating the CRAs, enabling them this with this new data. And they're really in a position and their approach is they sit down and have a consultative conversation with HR based on, hey, what's your risk profile? What are the different profiles of employees? You may have certain employees at an executive level that you may want to look at at one type of background screen. You may have somebody else that, um, again, is dealing with medical information and want to go medical sanctions. They're really the expert providing that. We're the enabler behind the scene supporting the CRAs to enable their enterprise clients and HR to give uh, to have very flexible, robust offerings in support of their specific business needs. So, uh, first of all, thank you. That, that was wonderful. The the risk tolerance. Uh, so, when the, your customers are talking to HR and recruiting, and probably the executive uh-huh. suite at different points, that there is a risk that you're, you're having. They're having a risk tolerance kind of question uh, discussion with those folks. And, and again, you, you, you did it really eloquently. It could be by position, by level, you know, you could do it by security clearance. You could cut it any way you wanted to. Um, the, the question that, that, that I'd, I'd ask is on any level, do the employees, do the, do they have to give approval or is there a way to, do you, do you find like your customers need to communicate that to, to their clients as well? Like, this is going to be going on. You just should be aware, FYI, or is it you want it to happen naturally to see what happens so that monitoring, again, monitoring monitors and it does, brings the data back and then you can make business decisions. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, and thank you for clarifying uh, the, the question. Absolutely. Our, our counsel to our clients and, and every client that I'm aware of, every background screening company who has rollout monitoring at the enterprise level, best practices is to have a very formal policy in place. Best mm. practice is at the time of hiring or if somebody's already hired and you're updating your policy in support of monitoring to communicate that out to the, out to the individual um, employee so that they're aware of it. So it needs to be a policy in place, needs to be clearly communicated, and um, that is a part of best practice. Yeah, it's it seems logical, right? That like we're we're we live in an era of transparency, and it's okay if you have a TikTok account or a Twitter account or whatever, and you can use that any way you want to. However, 
you know, you also work for this company. I always look at uh, Twitter accounts with that say my tweets are my own or, you know, that don't represent the company. I always kind of laugh at that, I and mean, I have for a long time, just because it's like, well, just because you put that there doesn't does does mean <laughs> that you've actually separated your opinions and uh, and your and your company that you represent. But uh, you know, I, I chalk that up to nice try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly right. That's that's uh, that's that's good. Um, I, I have to ask before we to before we move on to the other kind of the worst as as a monitoring and let's generalize this uh, as we can. Um, kind of the worst case that you've seen that's come from monitoring where you're like, oh my goodness, because and I, I'll tell you, I had a guy. This is a hundred years ago, but I had a guy that one of our first employees that was arrested for capital murder after after he had left and you know going on about his about his life. I found out about it after the fact, and I was like completely shocked. He didn't get convicted, however, he spent two years in county jail for you know being you know being accused of a capital murder. And I'm literally still shocked by that today. What's what's the kind of the worst scenario you've heard of when when people have done monitoring and it's helped them with their risk profile? Yeah, and what I'd say that the ones that come from mind to me is not when it's been operationalized, but oftentimes, oftentimes, William, we work with our clients to do a risk assessment. We kind of do a backwards look across their employee population to say, hey, if you would have actually been monitoring your employee base over the last year or year and a half, what, what have you missed, right? And it, it's oh. anonymized. We don't provide the data, but we're really kind of giving a glance at the value of monitoring, you know, to HR and to a risk you know, to a risk officer inside of an enterprise. And I will tell you in there, we certainly have assault and battery. It, yep. it, it is, is fairly common. Um, we've had some, we've had kidnapping charges come up. Um, we've had charges as it relates to um, other things that are, you know, fairly nefarious of, you know, sexual nature and assault that I'd rather not get into. Right. But there's unfortunately, you know, so, some pretty bad actors out there and those bad actors end up kind of walking the halls or coworkers and you're really putting, again, those or, that organization, uh, coworkers uh, and, and uh, customers and really the company at risk. And that's really what we're trying to help prevent. It just seems like this is something you have to do in this day and era. It's not like we don't have the technology. Right, we have the technology. It seems like this is like almost commonsensical. Like you can prevent fraud. You can, you can, you know, you can get ahead of some of the things that would would normally twenty years ago you'd have been in the dark about. But now you don't have to be in the dark. Um, when you do those audits, uh, I, I called it an audit. I'm not sure you called sure, it an audit, sure. but um, uh, what are they shocked by? What are, what, yeah, what, what's that general response? <laughs> The general response is, you know, oh crap, right? Like once, because once you see the data, you can't unsee it, right? And, and, and we, every, 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 everyone, it's human nature. Hey, these are really good people. You know, I've worked with these, this group. We've had employees have been for here for years. They're great employees. Um, they went through a background screen five years ago. We're not going to find anything. And I think by and large, people are just shocked at the types of charges, the in the overall percentage of their employee base, who frankly has been, who's had um, various risk profile that is against their policy, that by the very, and oftentimes many of these companies have a self-reporting feature in place. Part of their policy is, Uh, hey, if you get arrested, you must notify of your arrest. And they're also shocked to find out, well, gee, 
just like, uh, you know, we were saying before, just like people put the disclaimer on their social media that my opinion, uh, just because mm -hmm. you tell people they have to self-report, go figure. Most people don't. That's right. That's right. And it's, it's too easy because they're, they're fearful, like we all would be, that, that something's going to come out, but it's going to come out one way or another. Um, I have to ask about unions just because I'm curious. Um, it would seem like they would want to know this about their own base, but I could also see an argument for them fighting sure. something like this. Have you, have you all interacted in an environment where there, it's been a union shop or partial union shop? N not that I'm aware of. Again, we're, we're generally one step removed. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, and sometimes we have visibility. So sometimes I'm working with a background screening company, we'll have visibility to go, okay, hey, this population, we're doing that audit of, to use your term, hey, right. this happens to be in transportation or in banking or in retail. And we might actually know who the actual enterprise is. By and large, uh, it's anonymized to us. Right. And so we don't have that visibility. So don't really have a clear, clear answer for you. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I've got a guy in unions uh, that that has an organization for people that are trying to prevent unions in their in their in their establishments. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. His name is Mike Vanderbord. I'm gonna ask him if he's seen this, and uh, I might be able to get back to you and give you some insight into that. No, I'd be um, curious. Great. As, as we're talking about transportation folks that are that are still hiring, you know, and, and again, there's uh -huh. upswing in, in that. What do you What do you feel is changing for them? Um, so one, one is just the pace. Again, the, the pace of hiring, I've never seen anything like it. Now, granted, I've kind of been in this industry only for a few years, but I'd say it's, it's pretty unprecedented. Um, I think as, as a part of that, though, and because of the close, again, transportation, the definition has evolved, mm. really taking a closer look at the risk patterns, I think an increase not at looking at, at monitoring for the reasons that uh, we talked about. Uh, it really is the things we've already touched on, William, that I, that I see changing. Okay, okay. So let me get back to a question I know that people will already would already have in their head. Pre-screening is really easy. People understand the concept of a pre-screen. Monitoring, I think, I, again, I think it's commonsensical. Um, your advice uh, for your partners, for the folks that you, you know, consult with all the, the background screening companies, is that monitoring for a time period or is that until the, the end of life, uh, uh, you know, hired or retired, the, they've parted ways or does it extend even further into the, them being an alumni? So yep. like, do you do, where do you, is there, are, and can they cut it off at different times and things like that? Like, what do you, what do you typically advise your partners to go with as a monitoring strategy? Yeah, so generally our advice to our partners and, and, and in turn the advice we generally see them give to the enterprise is you monitor them until they're no longer employed with you. Um, so they're, from, a, from a legal perspective, generally you're not going to be in a position to monitor them once, once they leave the company because they're no longer uh, you know, bound by the policies we talked about earlier. But you want to monitor them while they're an employee and because if you, if you, otherwise you're kind of defeating the purpose. The whole idea of monitoring is to change in somebody's risk profile, and it's kind of like the stock market, right? You know, do you, do you, if you try to time the market, more right. often you're, you're going to be wrong, and so therefore, why are you going to try to time how you'd monitor somebody? You, mon you monitor them for, as they're an employee, you monitor them for as long as they're with your company, and more than likely, as they move on to the next company, as we see this become more mainstream, they'll likely be monitored there as well. 
Okay. What's interesting, and this is where um, this might be something in the future that we think about, employer brand, which is something that like LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, Glassdoor does a great job of kind of monitoring employer brand with the employees going in anonymously or or not they you know rate the company experience it'd be interesting to think about monitoring post you know post separation and yep. and again policy wise just being able to keep track if they do if there's negative sentiment is really what i'm thinking about is if somebody that used to be with you is then out there doing things in a social way that are negative not that there's recourse specifically maybe there is legal recourse but just knowing it and being able to then combat it in some way and again dealing with that risk profile of someone that's that's left one way or another um and and it's again maybe not something we're thinking about today uh but 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 i know that in doing a lot of work with Glassdoor over the years I, i i know that that's where a lot of their content comes from is former employees and so, um, so that just might be interesting to think about how monitoring changes in the future, which sets me up nicely for my next question. How do you see, <laughs> see what I did there? Um, nice, how do you, nice. right. Um, I just patted myself on the back. Um, how do you see monitoring kind of growing, evolving and moving over the, over the next couple of years? Like, where do you see this? Where do you see this going? Yeah, no, I think what we, where we see it going, and, and frankly, where we see it going, not only in conversations with some of the larger human capital man, uh, HCM kind of software companies, as well as some of the larger background screening companies, we see this as, as going more, continuing to be mainstream and actually integrated into the workflow of human capital management systems so that the data can be shared and investigated and acted upon natively across the enterprise um, whether it be the manager, whether it be legal. So I think the rails are being laid, if you would. Um, when I say about becoming more ubiquitous, we also think about various risk attributes. A few we talked about today was hey, criminal behavior, um, social media, medical sanctions, certainly driver monitoring. And so what we see is a platform whereby depending on, again, your role, depending on your level, um, when you're onboarded, they will, you will be monitored for various attributes and how it impacts what you do. And you'll be monitored going forward to, again, uh, improve, to reduce the company's risk, ensure they have good reputation and keep your coworkers and your community safe. And I also see an evolution, somewhat of a pivot to what you were saying before, William. We do see some startup activities where the employee themselves may actually want to pay for the monitoring. So therefore, if I leave my current employer, I don't want a gap. I may want to continue to monitor it because now I can be advertised on LinkedIn or in other mechanisms where I'm someone, my background's clean. I've been monitored for the last employer I've been with. I've been monitored now even in between jobs. And therefore, I should jump to the head of the line because I'm someone that comes with a gold badge that you're going to want to hire me. So I, we see it expanding, we see it becoming more ubiquitous, and we see the potential employees starting to play a role in the future. 
I really like that. I really, you know, what's interesting is you look at the values of a company and you can, you can then look at the risk tolerance and you can look at that, but you can also say, are we living our values? So you can kind of set yourself up for here. These are the values that we've all agreed upon as a company. Are you as an individual living those values each and every day? And again, there's actions, separation between actions and opinions, if you are actions and words, and what's interesting is you get into a real interesting discussion at one point about freedom of speech, which I know that you've probably had a million times with people. Freedom of speech, yes, it, 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 we, we all have freedom of speech, but what I explained to my, my young sons is <laughs> you do have freedom of speech, but it doesn't mean that there's not consequences that come with that freedom of speech, right? You, and you I, stole my words. It's exactly what I was thinking <laughs> with my own 14-year-old son. <laughs> so you can say something. doesn't mean you should say something. Um, and I love this part about individuals looking at monitoring as a way of looking at their own brand and then saying, hey, listen, I need to know what's also being said about me or things that I might be doing that's maybe negatively positioning me uh, for future work, etc. So I love that. I can also see the application for parents and kids. Clearly, uh, that's there's there's something there that I think both of us probably have a need to have another podcast about. <laughs> um, what what? Uh, and again, this flew by, and it's I love this concept, and it's uh, it's something that I think you're right. I think it it does become ubiquitous because we we live in a transparent era, and it's not going to become less transparent. <laughs> It's just going to become more transparent, and so we should probably all get over that. Um, what questions should I have asked you that I didn't ask you? You know, I, I, I got to give you a nod. You know, I, I think um, yeah, I think we hit on a lot of them. The one I would have talked about was the consumer. We kind of hit on that. I feel it was a really robust conversation, William. Awesome. Well, that's a wonderful compliment. I appreciate that. Um, I told you this would fly by. It did. It felt like this. We were on the phone for about five minutes. Uh, I want to thank you, Brian. I appreciate you uh, again for taking out time. Would you do us a favor and give the URL for your for your company just so people can uh, find it? Uh, ha- happy to. Uh, just uh, Apris A P P R I S S dot com. Apris.com. And uh, William, thank you for the time. And as I say to all my employees, and when I do kind of a weekly video to them is, hey, stay safe and and, and stay positive. We'll, We'll get through this together. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Recruiting Live podcast by Recruiting Daily. Check out the latest industry podcasts, webinars, articles, and news at recruitingdaily.com.